Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Back for another episode of Shamil Show, Can You Brew It? Here on the Brewing <laughs> Network. Can you get her done? That's the question. Can you get her done? Oh, yeah. We've been getting it done quite a bit. People are luck. like, yeah. well, you know, I want you guys to fail and talk about it more. It's like, well, yeah, but I think part of the problem is, you know, the the general, the the vast bulk of the population is probably, you know, they go and they see this, oh, clone such and such a beer, uh, you know, they want to download it and listen to how to clone it. They right. want to download it and listen to how not to clone the beer and how we failed and came close and then, you know, have to, like, download five different shows before they hear yeah. the actual answer. I never asked, right. Yeah, they'll be like, well, you know, I think people put up with uh, some misses here and there and we'll, you know, we'll have to come back and get those. But uh, I was thinking, boy, we, we, maybe we even need to start putting cloned or not cloned in the descriptions once the uh, once yeah. the podcast is out there. Right. I don't know. Seems to me like uh, all the good folks that uh, enjoy the show, uh, they, they like the, the, you know, when we talk more about the process, but uh, uh, we, we can't, get, can't get too heavy into that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of it depends, you know, like. We're, we're brewing to like an average, you know, type of process. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a different system. So, you know, just because we have a beer and we clone it doesn't mean necessarily everybody's going to have the same luck. I mean, mm-hmm. but but it's a starting point right. where they can, you know, start doing their own tweaking of the recipe right. to get it to match the, you know, the uniqueness of their system. I'm kind of shocked at how well we're doing with this. Well, yeah, no, the beers have been coming up pretty good. Yeah, we were like, oh, you know, so will be. we even be able to do 50%? Yeah. Are we going to mess up on all these? They're not going to turn out right. The day is early. Right, right. Well, I think I think we're going to end up. Oh, well, there you it's go. A, it's an early, it's awfully early oh. to be saying that. Somebody's handicapping you know, this. Our, our numbers may be dropping here rapidly. I haven't seen the beer yet. Get, get the, the feeling. Yeah, yeah, well... And uh, come up on the horizon, uh, NCHF, huh? Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. The Northern California Homebrew that's Festival. Our, that's our little beer camp. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Yeah. Uh, a lot know. of uh, BN listeners are going to be there. A lot of them from the Sacramento area. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take the Pope Mobile up and. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Have me over for dinner. Lap a look. <laughs> yeah. Or or a. 
good, good crap, you know. <laughs> a clean restroom. By, sa- by Sunday morning, there's there's not a good clean to- restroom to be found. So Yeah, yeah, I'd like to keep mine that way. Oh, well. <laughs> that's when I need one of the worst. I'll clean up after myself. Right, right. There's also always the woods. I'll get Doc over there to clean it up. There's always the woods. Does a brewcaster poo in the woods? Yes. yes he that's does. the only place there is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, goodbye then. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it's, it's going to be a blast. Um, and uh, you know the, the the great thing about it is all the community and uh, you know the yeah. whole thing. You know, like uh, uh, our our sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer dot com. Well, they they support our community, us home brewers out here, and the Brewery Network keep the Brewery Network going with their uh, generous yeah. contributions to uh, sponsor the show for three plus years. That's a chunk of change. I better not say that. They're going to start realizing how much they pay. They're going to stop, stop uh, Yeah, they're going to start considering, reconsidering <laughs> what they're getting for their money. That could be a problem. No, uh, they've, they've been very supportive and uh, help keep this going. So make sure you support them as well. Uh, get yourself over to NordenBrewer.com and uh, check out what they got. Lots of good stuff, good prices, good shipping, uh, good people, and uh, that's what we like. And today, what's our challenge today, Justin? All right, Stephen Broads. Called in, left a bit of a strange message. So I'm introducing him first, and then so just listen close. But he does have a challenge for you guys today. Okay, it's from Stephen Broads. Unfortunately, we cannot get many microbrew beers in Louisiana, and I am a big fan of good American pale ales. I would love to try Mirror Pond Ale, as it has many devoted followers and has won many awards. So it looks like the only way I can have one is to brew it myself, or a few brewers send me one so I can compare it to mine. So here's the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, sweet. No, uh, Mirror Pond is. Uh, you know, I, I love all the Deschutes products. I tell you, when they come out with a new Deschutes beer, and I see it on the shelf, I don't care what it is, what it's described as. It could be turds floating in a bottle. You know, is what they describe it as, and I'd still, you know, I'd pick it up and you know buy a six pack or two and take it home and enjoy it. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big well, fan, too, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that shit in the bottle thing. I'm going to have to uh, strain it, at least. Right. right. Yeah. With your teeth closed. Uh, no, uh, you know, they they do not come out with a beer that uh, is not a, a winner out of, out of the gate. I mean, it's not like they come out with something and then adjust it in the marketplace. When it hits the marketplace... That's a beer with a great, you know, recipe, great drinkability, great yeah. brewing, great quality. I, I just, I, I can't get out any anything they brew. I really love, and and one of, the, I think, the first uh, Deschutes beer I ever had was Mirror Pond. Chris Graham and I used to go down to, uh, I don't remember what pub it was, somewhere in in Concord or Walnut Creek or whatever, and uh, we go to some sports place and we get a picture of Mirror Pond and. Have dinner and talk about uh, the website and things like that. And uh, uh, the Mirror Pond was good. Mm. I really enjoyed it. And I, one of the things I love, it's got that great uh, kind of gentle malt background over the whole beer. I mean, there's a there's a nice malt presence. Not overwhelming, not overdone. You know, it doesn't have a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, crystal character to it, but just enough to add a little bit of that, that note to it. And... Uh, and a great, uh, you know, hop presence. Not overly done. You know, it's hoppy but not excessive. It's it's bitter but not too bitter. You know, it's balanced. It's dry. It's sweet. It's everything. You know, it's 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 you know, you can drink gallons of this stuff. I think. 
because of uh, such a superb balance on that beer. That's a great everyday drinking beer. Yeah, it's one of the uh, what's me. It's one of the the best pale ales here on the West Coast. It really uh, mm-hmm. it strikes the balance that I'm looking for. A lot of people, a lot of uh, breweries are you know trying to make their pale ales a little hoppier, but they're mm-hmm. staying with the traditional what I call pale ale, right. not a light IPA, which a lot of them are trying to move to. So yeah, I like their beer. Uh, you know, I would put you know a lot of people consider you know Sierra Nevada pale ale like the first yeah. you know pale ale. And that's like the uh, ultimate example of American pale ale, but. You know, that, it's a much drier, sharper, almost harsher kind of example. Yeah. Mirror Pond is kind of a softer example of the same thing in a way. It's more drinkable. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the interesting thing is, if you go to the Sierra Nevada, and I love Sierra Nevada too. Oh, that's you know, a great, great, period, great, no great, great stuff, great pot. Yeah. But um, if you go and, and try the Sierra Nevada, you go to Sierra Nevada. They have a Sierra Nevada Draft Pale Ale, and that Draft Pale Ale is. A lot more like Mirror Pond. It's kind of got a softer, uh, more malty approach to it, and um, I really like that a lot better. Mm-hmm. And you know, f- for my money, I would put Mirror Pond as the ultimate classic pale ale example. Uh, and the style guide for me would be would be Mirror Pond. Mm-hmm. So one of the ones I, I really love. And in order to get some help with this, uh, since I guess Justin was brewing this, this was his challenge. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, something about Justin being challenged. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I misunderstood. Uh, we had to uh, go to uh, Deschutes and talk to uh, Jimmy there, and uh, he was very, very helpful with uh, lots of good information on this, like like everything else uh, that he helped us with. And uh, why don't we take a short break? When we come back from the break, we'll hear from Jimmy and uh, get the lowdown on the Mirror Pond back after this. Hi. I have a sixer of Lagunitas in the icebox. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told you not to call me after 8. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? You loser. Set up, Doug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my art? Duh. If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. The hurricane furnace is using propane while you guys talk. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosier to boil the first decoction. Nope, it's scorched. What do you do? Frack, scoop it out and try again. Doug, use your math rake. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sucks. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted ale and the collector's item super alt mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box make 10th level at northernbrewer.com downtown joe's located in the historic oberon building in beautiful downtown napa california offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8 30 a.m to 1 a.m every day for 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. 
Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the beer of the month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army member special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. And Seven Bridges has the best selection in the world. Everything is a click away at breworganic.com. Join the mailing list for special deals and regular updates about new products and specials. They have been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for almost 12 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. Take the National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Enter the competition by October 10th for your chance to win great prizes, including a hands-on brewing experience at an organic brewery, brewing equipment, or organic brewing ingredients. Complete details about the competition are online at breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to worker and people-friendly business practices and environmentally friendly, worker-friendly brewing products whenever possible. Visit today, breworganic.com. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We're speaking today with uh, Jimmy Seifert from Deschutes Brewery, and he is the uh, senior brewer there. Jimmy, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite fine, thank you. Great. Jimmy, uh, how did you get into brewing? How did you become the head brewer for, or senior brewer for uh, Deschutes? Well, it's actually quite funny. Um, I moved to Ben in '95, and uh, was kind of in need of a job. Uh, I was working. Uh, actually, I was traveling across country. And I ran out of money here. Um, I had been an avid home brewer beforehand, and I had a friend of mine who I had met who actually had offered me a job working on the, uh, of all things, the Bali line. I uh, started my time on the bottom line, and once I got inside the brewery, I realized how much of a dynamic place it was and how much actually brewing was in my heart. Uh, but after, So what I did, I actually took a distinct interest in it, and over about a two-year period, I ended up transgressing from our uh, bowling shop to our racking department into our cellars and eventually into brewing, where I reside today. And how long have you been there? Uh, I've been here for 12-plus years now. Wow. Uh, so you've seen uh, Deschutes go uh, go big, huh? I've watched us basically increase our size by four times. We were when I started here, the brewery size is probably about forty four thousand, and uh, last year we did about one hundred and seventy two. So yeah, we wow. definitely have increased over the years. <laughs> well, it's because of uh, quality beers like uh, Mirror Pond. <laughs> Which uh, is one of our uh, highly requested beers. People, people really love it. I really love Mirapon. Yeah, it's, it's one of my beer. favorite uh, pale ales. Nice, nice balance between the malty and the hoppy. Uh, right. What can you tell us about that? Can you help us uh, meet this challenge of brewing Mirapon? Oh, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, and it's funny. Um, you know, one thing that's always been our mantra is we've always believed that there's balance in every beer. And I think Mirapon is maybe one of the greatest examples of that. Um, it's a hoppy beer. 
but without the malt, the hops weren't going to shine. And you basically were using the malt to actually get balance of the hops so the hops could actually come out and be forthright. You know, um, we could have dumbed down the malt bill and just made it a complete hop forward in your mouth beer, but then we felt like the beer would eventually get lost. Like it would taste great for the first two sips, but by the end of the bottle, it'd be overbearing and not maybe as pleasant. Mm-hmm. So when we, we actually went into that, how we actually uh, kind of brainchild on that one. What's the uh, starting gravity on that beer? Yeah, the starting gravity is right between 1050 and 1054. Mm-hmm. And uh, final gravity? Uh, final gravity, we try to finish them off anywhere between, we're going to say, 1012 to 1015. Mm-hmm. And how many IBUs on, in Maripond? We try to shoot for a uh, medium target between 38 to 42 IBUs on the beer. And is that uh, a measured uh, IBU or a calculated? It's a measured IBU. Okay. Yeah, we actually, we actually our lab runs those IBUs through us every week. So. And what about ABV? Uh, we shoot for right around between 5 to 5.2%. Okay. And uh, SRM? Uh, the color we shoot for about 14 is what we try to shoot for try to get it held into sometimes depending you know mm-hmm. Bruce go mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, right. you know, right. you know, everything is always abstract nothing's ever definitive well, the interesting thing about the shoots you know I would I would say out of all your beers they're all very consistent I mean consistently mm-hmm. great but you know there's there's not uh, you don't have to worry about getting a bad bottle of Deschutes beer <laughs> It's all, right. you know, I don't know of anyone that ever has. I never have. Yeah, it's well-made and well-packaged. And a lot, of, yeah. a lot of breweries you do, or you get a, a highly variable, you know, right. there's variable ingredients throughout the year, but, uh, right. you know, with, with you guys, I think you do a, a pretty masterful job of this. Well, we definitely strive for that. I mean, I think, you know, when you get to a brewery, at least a craft brewery of our size, the key is consistency in the product. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to deliver the same flavor over and over again. I mean, there's so many other choices on the shelves. We don't want people to have a bad beer. We feel if you get a bad beer, it's going to take months before that customer is going to come back to us. So the yeah. idea is once we get you hooked, we're going to keep you online the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you yeah. do a great job of that. Thank uh, you. More about this beer. Uh, what's your boil time on this? We boil for 90 minutes. Okay. It's a 90-minute boil. And we do it. It's a four edition boil. Um, you know, first edition goes in obviously right at boil, and then you know, a thirty minute before knockout, five minutes before knockout, and then actually we do a, a knockout hop edition also. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, that's, and that's real key is making sure like you you have some good quantity of hops in the third and fourth edition. Mm-hmm. So, what are the hop editions for this beer? Uh, they're actually copious amounts of cascades. Mm-hmm. All the way through? And all the way through, one through four. Yeah. And that's, that's been a tried and true recipe uh, since the day we started making it. Mm-hmm. In fact, that recipe has not really been tweaked too much at all since the first day we started making them. So uh, how many, do you do your additions pounds per barrel, or how do you do your additions? Uh, not so much. Well, what we try to do is we try to get most of our bitterness low from the first two editions. Mm-hmm. And then we really look at the third and fourth editions of being that flavor and aromatic edition. So we really try to pack them pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe a good way of going about this is try to get your 40, try to calculate 40 IBUs for the first and second, mm-hmm. and then just maybe double the amount of hops used in the first and second for the thirds and fourth. Mm-hmm. And that should give you a nice hoppy aroma. Plus, you know, with whatever you lose, we have IBUs and hop true, cold true, and yeast, you probably end up right around that 40 IBU target. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what about uh, on the grain bill? Uh, grain bills, uh, it's basically it's a pretty simple grain bill. There's only three malts in it all together. Uh, carapils made from breeze. Um, we use a mid-level bond car- caramel malt, so uh, a 75L malt will work perfect for this beer, and then uh, just great western pale malt. And uh, what kind of percentages on the... Uh on the carapils and the and the crystal, uh, the, I would probably and this is going to be a guess on my part. Uh, the crystal, I would probably say it's about a seven percent, and the carapils is probably about one and a half. Okay. And feel free to you know uh, whatever measurements you're you're most comfortable there with the brewery. You know, sure, it's, absolutely. Uh, you know, just go ahead and give us those, and, <laughs> and we we can calculate out from there. Okay. All right. And what's what's your uh, uh, mash temperature or, or mash profile like? You know, we we try to convert right around between one forty nine and one fifty two. That's what we shoot for. Mm-hmm. So some place right in there would be perfect for this beer. And yeast. Yeast is a English style high flocking yeast. Um. We try to ferment it at 65 degrees. Uh, the reason for that being is that we try to control the ester profile of the beer. We really don't want the esters to really blow out and be over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a fairly clean uh, beer as far as uh, esters and and what have you. Right. We the esters we really uh, obviously we're really trying to make sure that those cascades really kind of jump through. Uh huh. You know? And what about uh, water? Are you making any water adjustments uh, there at the brewery? Uh, we do. We make very. We harden our water just a tad, but not too much at all. Um, the one beautiful thing about Ben is is that our water is pretty darn pure. So we, it's about it's almost as neutral as you can get. Um, we do a little uh, gypsum addition to harden the water, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you have any other tips for us uh, when trying to clone a, a beer like this? <laughs> um, well, I would definitely, and if you well, if you have the opportunity to dry hop, uh-huh. I would definitely recommend dry hopping, i.e., uh, one pound per uh, ten barrels, so point one per one barrel of a. Cascade dry hops, I think that really kind of finishes off the beer with the flavor. Uh, another real big big record to have nailed in this beer is is you want to make sure that there's no daffodil present at all. Uh-huh. So I would definitely, you know, if you guys can't taste it for daffodil, and then once it gets down to a reduced level where it's almost unperceivable, then start cooling the beer down. That's that's a big key, too. When you get the acetyl into the, to our beer, at least here, it's, it causes the beer to be too malty almost, you know, and it situates that malt side of the beer, right. hence throwing it out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with um, that, that And, a, and one, I guess one other thing, too, is when you do go to bung the beer, try to shoot for that lower range of 1013. If it goes, the drier this beer is, the better off it's going to be. Uh-huh. Okay. Once again, making the hops pop for you. Okay. 
Well, Jimmy, what fermentation temperature do you say you, you try to ferment this at? You probably said, but I missed uh, We try to shoot from 65 degrees or lower. Or lower. Well, so, yeah. You know, and obviously not going down below 60 because the L, obviously with the L yeast are right. not too uh, happy with that temperature. But we do try to ferment cooler than normal. Okay. And like I said, really what we like about these for our yeast strain, it kind of dumbs down the ester form formation that happens in the beer. Okay, great. Right. Thank you for your time, and, and thanks for uh, sharing these uh, tips on Mirror Pond with us. I think we're going to have a You're lot welcome. of fun giving this one a shot. It's I'm really excited. I love this beer, so yeah. uh, let's get going. Great. Great. Thank you, Jimmy. All righty. You're welcome. Take care. Where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood, and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hell no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacoccus Damnesis on the barrel. Sorry, your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks! What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy! We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long-lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre-prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cap in 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate chip and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months at the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. Exactly. It's so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar know. and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? So this one was Justin's challenge. And uh, like most challenged people, Justin said, oh, yeah, yeah. No, not mentally a challenge. I licked a window. He was like, sure, I'll brew that. <laughs> and uh, so we he's, he's poured the samples during the break. We actually taste, when, when we do these shows, we actually blind taste the beers side by side. We don't know. Uh, in this case, the identifiers were a unicorn and a rainbow. Yeah. If you were watching at home, you could, you, you can actually see you, people were watching the tasting on the camera. Right. You you could see the unicorn and, and the, rainbow. the rainbow. That's how we distinguish. Forget A right. and B, right? Because yeah, that, that's all that we were because we started with A and B and the one and two, and we're like, well, that <laughs> implies an order. Yes, and implying an order could affect the results. So yeah. we've gone to circle and square, colored dots, unicorn. rainbows, and unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and how do you like my beans. art? By the way, how do you like my little unicorns? Uh, lovely. Thank Very you. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> I, I had no confusion between the two classes. <laughs> and uh, so we've tasted the beer, and now comes the analysis. Uh, why don't we start with Chad? Uh, what's your take on this? <clears throat> uh, well, you know, I, I think the uh, the Mirror Pond is definitely um, cleaner um, and pretty... Um, Hoppy, you know, it's it's a hoppier pale ale, um, but it also has a good malt balance. Um, and I think, you know, the, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, that's the rainbow. The uh, the unicorn just happens to be a little more uh, yeastier. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the color's nice on it and everything, but it might be a little thinner as far as flavor all the way through, and it's just not as hoppy. Cloned or not cloned? Not cloned. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good effort. <laughs> tasty. <laughs> yeah, it's tasty. Uh, yeah, I'm a chat on the uh, the malt and the you know the malt in what I'm assuming now is the actual Mirror Pond is uh, it's really uh, to me that's the signature of the beer. I, that's what I recall uh, times I've had the beer is just that flavor, so I can. I could tell right off that uh, which one was the mirror pond by that uh, 
which are now uh, calling a malt flavor. I always, always claim that it was the water uh, that gave it that impression. But uh, as I, you know, focus on the, on the, again, what I'm thinking is the mirror pond, uh, really shows up in the malt aroma. And, uh, yeah, I'm not getting that at all out of the, uh, out of the uh, unicorn. Not cloned. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I could still tie it up if Jamil says cloned. Yeah. Timber reach around over there. All right. So uh, I think um, they're surprisingly close. <laughs> Which is a backhanded compliment yeah, if I, I ever heard one. Screwed. Well, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of implication floating around the studio that it wasn't close at all. But well, no, they're both I take it. They're both in style. Actually, I think it's... Uh, I think it's fairly close. I think um, we've got two different samples of your beer, and one of them has a, it's kind of a, a, a little yeasty and a slight sourness to the aroma. Yeah, for the folks at home, uh, I did, our conical wasn't available, so I I split it into two different carboys and tried to do them exactly the same, right. but we tried out of each keg. And then the other one has a, it doesn't have that, but it has a slight. Like phenolic medicinal, really subtle. These characters, and I don't think the other guys are maybe picking them up. But uh, since I didn't mention them, but uh, uh, that's that's definitely there. And so that that would be something to work on. The other thing I'm getting is kind of a firmer bitterness from yours, and a kind of a dryness, and it seems like maybe a little too much gypsum. Did you add uh, mm-hmm. gypsum at all? We did do, yeah. So. I added gypsum both to my mash and to my sparge water. Oh. Okay. But I split, I mean, I just, I, I split it. You did a it measurement. I did. I did a measurement, and then I split it, yeah. Huh. Um, so, so do you know what your calcium like... is in the water that you're starting when you start out? Do you know how much calcium is in that? No. So you don't know what your total calcium is? No, I just know that, uh, well, I, I did work on this a little bit with Chad, too. Um, and, and so we were listening to the to the interview together and thought, okay, well, you know, we should do some, some gypsum mm-hmm. to this and, and, and came up with a, a how measurement. Much, how and, much did you do? I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Uh, I, I want to say... Five pounds? <laughs> this is definitely in the grams. It was in the grams. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I was wondering I'll if double like, check Chad it. said grams and you ended up with ounces. Or Yeah, well, it's very possible that I measured it wrong. Um, I think it was a lot. I think it was in the 15 to 17 grams mark. For 12 gallons? For a twelve-gallon batch. Oh no, that's that's fine. Okay, that's that's not a big deal. Yeah, I I, I think it was seventeen grams mm-hmm. that I did. Was it bigger than a handful? No. Okay. Well, then you're probably okay. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that that I get the the reason I would go, you know, on the on the mirror pond, I get uh, a bit more hop aroma. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I get a background biscuity, malty kind of character from it that, you know, uh, Jimmy was saying, you know, uh, they're oh. using a, a, a domestic two-row, and I have no doubt that they are. But the two-row that they're using, however that's malted or however that's sourced, it, it, it really has a kind of a biscuity kind of character that goes, it speaks to me of like a British pale malt, pale ale malt. Like mm-hmm. a, you know, Chris Marisot or something like that. Yeah, and because of that, I would, I would 
maybe split between Chris Maris Otter and oh, American Two Row, Domestic Two Row. We were using a Great Western uh, Two Row. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get that character without changing that malt. So i got to go not clone based off of having to change the recipe. Yeah. And, I, I you know, I don't think there's any fault of yours on that aspect because um, I think uh, you're, you're not going to uh, – you're not going to get it without changing that grain. There's nothing you could have done to get that character without changing the grain. So, in a beer like this, you know, the 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 provider of that base grain is really important. Um, so, I, I think that might be the, the the issue there. And then on the hop character, I think you know a more rapid chilling at the end. If you don't chill it rapidly, you lose some of that hop aroma, and that might be the issue. You could. Uh, uh, you know, maybe up the amount of dry hopping. Mm-hmm. You did dry hop this or no? Yeah, and I'll tell you that was, it was. Chad and I were laughing about it as I measured out the dry hops to split between two carboys. You were talking about like twelve or fifteen pellets. Yeah, it was nothing per eat when you you know it, right. it, it would have felt a little better if it was all going into one vessel. It was such a small amount into the two different carboys. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was tiny. It was. I'm sure we got nothing out of it. Yeah, I think you double it or yeah. Or or so. I didn't, you know, I'm not tasty. I didn't want to take liberty with the recipe. Right, right. <laughs> I don't have the background to back that up, so I just went, all right, I'll put these eight pellets in each one. Well, you know, the last time Tasty took liberty. Uh, yeah, you know how that went. We ended up with a knot clone. <laughs> when was this? It was on the uh, Firestone Walker double I never barrel. had the recipe. I know you oh. didn't have the recipe. Oh. So it didn't really matter that you took liberty. The whole, the whole oh, recipe yeah, was liberty. It didn't really help. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I don't think it hurt. I don't think it helped. It so I, I didn't want to up it, but it was tiny. Right. I mean, it was such a small amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember calculating it out, and it was it was nothing. It yeah. was just a fraction of a. It was you know a few grams of of hops <laughs> in the dry hop. Yeah, I would double or triple that. I think. Yeah. And I would change the base malt a little bit. Yeah. But uh, you know, actually, I think you're pretty close. I don't think you you know screwed it up. I think. You know, we just need another adjustment on this one. Yeah. Well, I say not cloned also. I think it's really far off. Uh, I didn't pick up uh, uh, sanitation issues that that you guys did or, you know, some sort of uh, phenols and a little sourness in one of the keg that you got to. What I just got was just that it was really thin. It was missing all of the malt character of uh, the mirror pond to me. And... Now, I know you said, Jay-Z, that that's a recipe thing, but I do have a couple of process things I, I know I missed that I that might change your opinion about that before you go changing the recipe. You mashed in the toilet? <laughs> I did mash in the toilet. I was trying to save water. Uh, yeah, I so right when I mashed in, I did miss my mash temp. We wanted to be at 149, and for the first two minutes, I was way up at 155. And so I added a little cold yeah. water. I got it down pretty quick. I, I tried, to, I tried to, to measure all the time that it took just so I could talk to you guys about this. It took me about three minutes to get it back down to 149. That's all right. I mean, it, it, at worst, it gives you more long-chain, uh, unfermentable dextrins. Okay. And, yeah, it has nothing to do with really with flavor. All right. You get those uh, long-chain dextrins, and they're, they're just unfermentable. Okay. And they're not really sweet. They're not really anything. It provides some additional mouthfeel. But other than that, I mean, it shouldn't, you know, and 
I don't think that did it. Okay. So the other thing is, you know, our target gravity was 1053, mm-hmm. and I, I was right around 1051. Yeah. And it's more than that. So uh, I Pullman thought, Brown, I was 10 points off, and it was still uh, really close. Okay, remember? well, I'm just giving, uh, yeah. I'm just trying right, to, to add right. to what I, you know, sure, sure, just sure. talking about what I what I felt I missed, because I didn't hit my, my numbers. Mm-hmm. So... I, so I missed two points there, but then I also, you know, when you when you heard Jimmy talk about it, he did say the drier the better, but dry for them, their target terminal gravity was like, he said, if you really can do it, 10-13, and I was a couple, po- I was way down at 10-10. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, right. two, just the way I'm thinking about it, two points low on my OG, and then another couple points lower on my terminal gravity, and so... If if you were thin, two if you you're know. two points low starting yeah you're gonna be two points low finishing right so so you got the right attenuation okay ah well that's good well so I'm just trying to factor for my thin flavors when I talk about it. maybe it is a recipe thing but um, so I did that and so I definitely as soon as I tasted I tasted it yesterday and I, I and I'm like you Jay Z I'm a huge fan of Mirapond love this beer so I was pretty excited to take on the challenge. But uh, no, if you it missed on two things. Uh, for one, I would change the recipe, and two, if you gave it to me, I wouldn't have said it was a mirror pond, and I would know the difference. Hmm. I'm a guy who would know the difference on this beer. I love that pale ale. So all right, so well, give us the recipe. Boo! What, what, what you worked with? <laughs> I couldn't even get my own vote on this one. <laughs> well, you're a hard ass. That's, cheat. that's the problem. Okay, let me do the recipe for you. Six gallon batch. As always, that's eleven point five three pounds of. Ah, uh, oh, I didn't get. Uh, I didn't get the uh, kilograms on this too. Oh, whoops! <laughs> All right, that's right. Just go. You guys it. gonna have to convert your own. Sorry, Aussies. I know some of you are in the chat room too. My bad. Eleven point five three pounds two row, and we just used the American two row, like Jimmy said. Point uh, eight eight pounds of crystal seventy five, and point one nine pounds. Of carapils, um, go go ahead and give me that mash bill again. What, what was it for the two row? I'll give you two. Eleven point five three pounds of two row. So that's uh, five point two kilograms. Point eight eight pounds of crystal seventy five. Point four zero kilograms. And point one nine pounds of carapils. Point zero eight kilograms. All right. Then it's uh, God, I don't have to be that exact. It's point nine nine ounces. Um, of Cascade for 85 minutes. So remember that when he did say that, he actually puts his bittering hop in for 85 minutes. Uh, that's 28 grams. 0.99 ounces or 28 grams for right. 30 minutes. Well, people should be measuring their hops in grams. You know, to, to do away with the, the freaking ounces and stuff. You okay. know, get, get a grip and just <laughs> do it in grams. And that's why it's 0.99 because... It's like twenty eight grams. I do my hops grams, and grams. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like you know, screw that ounce of stuff. It's too confusing. And grams gives you such better control over it. So. Okay, yeah. this is all Cascade, by the way. Mm-hmm. So another twenty eight grams, thirty minutes. Uh, twenty eight grams, point nine nine ounces, uh, five minutes, and another twenty eight grams, point nine nine ounces, uh, zero minutes at at flame out, and then it's uh, a quarter of an ounce or seven grams at dry hop. That's what we did this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so there's that. It's a uh, White Labs. We used uh, WLP002, the English ale yeast, and I did ferment at 68, right where Jimmy said I was able to. Uh, we've got good temp control, so I, I had it at 68 the whole time. I did do a starter. Say 68 or 65? Uh, he said 68. 
Oh, you did, huh? Yeah. I went and listened back to... Uh, God, I hope I'm right, because I did double-check even yeah. before I set huh. the temp after I pitched. I wanted to make sure, and he... Yeah, 68. <laughs> my notes say 65. Yeah? I could skip ahead into that part of the interview real quick. Oh, that's okay. We can try to get it right. Oh, sure. Why not? Let's see. I can get there. Because their other beers were, like, below 65. And then... Uh, the Mirpon have 65. I even We're speaking today. Let me get there. I know right Jimmy. about where it is. Great Western Pale Mall. And uh, what kind of percentage is on the three? shoot for. Mm-hmm. So place right in there will be. Yeah, we, we try to convert right at 65 degrees. Oh, uh, the reason 65. for that being mm. is that. And I did double check to too. I must have been drunk at that point. Double check to get it wrong twice. I double check and got it wrong. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly... I did. I pulled out the old laptop, fired it up, <laughs> and I was like, oh, 68. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I, I fermented at 68, not 65. But uh, there was more fruity, uh, nice characters in the Mirror Pond at his 65 right. than there was at my 68. Yeah, the weird, the weird thing about fermentation temperature is, you know, you can go colder and get more fruity esters. You know, it, it depends on how growth occurs and nu- nutrients and a lot of other little factors that determine, you know, whether you get yeah, more fruity esters or not. Mm. Yeah, so it's not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of other controlling factors. I would imagine they would have, you know, with uh, the large fermenters and the, uh, the partial pressure of CO2 being higher, they should get, you know, less esters. Yeah. But, yeah, who knows? Uh, it also has to do with Maybe oxygen and a lot of other things. So you I didn't think even you know did. when you Why would I double I, check I and then did. ferment at 68? No, I think I think you ended up at 68 for the de-rest. We did. We ramped it up, especially because yeah. you put another beer into our cooler, too, yeah. that you wanted at 68. Yeah. So that was, per- yeah, that was at the end. So you, you ferment at 65. There we go. <laughs> I'm not, I, I listen, I could screw a lot of things up, but I did double <laughs> check, so I, I, probably, I probably listened to him. You did. Okay, all right. Good. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what we change about. I'm not done yet, though. I have another question oh, for you. Yeah. Real quick. Because <laughs> I had a beautiful, beautiful. Like, I know you uh, did really good, but this yeah. is, this is the question's important to me because it was nagging me. Uh-huh. So couldn't wait until after the break. Well, you've got me spoiled with this loner conical. Yes. Right? I love everything being in one thing, right? So I had so I had one yeast starter, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I decanted, uh-huh. and then I shook up the rest. Uh-huh. And I tried to pour evenly yeah. into two carboys, right? Yeah. Well, this English ale yeast is really clumpy. Mm-hmm. It's not like the cow, which you stir it up and it's, right. well, it's all up in solution. Yep. I felt really uncomfortable about how much yeast I was pouring into each one and getting that even. You know, the interesting trick on that is add some, you know, whatever your fermentation wort is or whatever, you know, at least warm, warm room temperature wort mm-hmm. to the, the yeast clumps that you have. Yeah. And they like magically release their flocks and you know dissolve up those clumps and get into solution, and you can then easily okay. swirl it up and pour it out evenly. Okay. Because I felt like I listened to you talk about how important cell counts are and yeah. proper pitch rate, and then right. here I am eyeballing a bunch of clumps of yeast into two different carboys. And you'll and that's you know a big difference. You know when you try and do that, unless you you know really get a homogeneous uh mix of cells in the liquid and then divide the liquid very evenly in two different vessels you're never going to get it quite right and you could be you know 10% off 
on your cell counts very easily yeah. between the two. Yeah. You know, when you're just trying, you know, with ultimate accuracy of pouring and eyeballing, you're always at least ten percent off. Yeah, and so, it could, it, you know, it could be uh, off by a quarter even if you're if you don't have a nice, you know, even consistency mm-hmm. on the Homogeneous, liquid. Right. So, and we did taste some differences in the two. Yeah, the right. two beers. Yeah. Right. So, you know that that can that can make a big difference. Well, you you had you had everything in place to do it. You waited to the next day to pitch. Yeah, because I wanted to get down the temp. So you could take some of that eighty degree wort and put that into your uh, starter, which you decanted. So you just you're adding would be adding new wort to that yeast. Mm. It would, mm. You'd be then the next morning pitching an active ferment, which is much better than a still you know, right. still yeast. So you know, and then of course the greater volume and would make it easier to split. It's much easier to split 3,000 milliliters than it is 1,000. So. Yeah, the, right. the, the, the bigger the amount of liquid with the same amount of cells, the the more precise your your division yeah. is going to be. Okay. Okay. Or the, the less the less impact your error will have. Yeah. All right. So that was my question, because if I had to do it again, I really wanted an answer to that of how I would, because I just really felt uncomfortable. I had done all of these measurements and tried to be exact, and here I was eyeballing a bunch of clumps of yeast. So I just didn't feel good about that. Huh. Can we take a break now? Sure. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> take a break. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. Send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah, uh, mother. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Hilo, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, tasty. Back, we're doing Mirror Pond from Deschutes Brewery. This was Justin's challenge, and we got uh, we need to do some tweaks. Yeah, I don't think this is entirely. <laughs> like don't, don't hire Justin to brew. No, I don't think this is entirely your fault. I think. Um, no, no, it's a good beer. It's just not right. the the beer. Yeah, I could drink a few pints of yeah. this bad boy. I just poured a big glass of it. There you go. It's all sorts of chunks of yeast in there. Right. It's and very the funny thing number two, I think, yeah. is the number one I thought was it smelled yeasty to me. Mm. And your number two doesn't smell so yeasty to me. This is the number two. I know. I see chunkies. And even when I racked it, number, uh, it, number one was much less yeasty uh, than number uh, two. Your number at one least is a, nice At least appearance, anyway. Yellow and clear. I guess it goes to show that it's not always... That you can see those clumps of yeast that makes it yeasty. It could right. be just a little right. cloudiness and plenty it of just, yeast in there. Yeah, it's just a flavor compound thing. And it may not be yeast, even. It could be something else I'm thinking of no. that I just call yeast flavor. I'm still convinced Chad is sabotaging all my beer. It could be Chad urine. <laughs> uh, well, that's why it tastes so yeasty. <laughs> Never know. Yeah. Yeah, all those things you're going to catch. So I have another question, um, just another small thing that happened during my brew process that I uh-huh. was concerned about. Uh, I uh, tried to do a mash out at uh, 170, so, you know, finished right. and tried to bring it up to 170. I could only get it to 165 that day, no matter how long I waited or what I did. Uh-huh. And it took quite a while for me even to get up to there. Is couldn't, that okay? I couldn't get it up quickly. I couldn't get it up very quickly, uh, if at all. That's yeah, fine. So, so is that the same? Did I get the same uh, result by getting to 165? Did it stop the process? Uh, no. Um, but, you know, the uh, the interesting thing is, you know, you put it in the kettle and heat it up in the kettle, that stops it too. Yeah. The real, Really, I think the only advantage to raising the temperature up is you do get some further conversion of some starches and things like that, warmer temperature maybe, you know, and with the recirculation and all this, maybe you do convert some other starches, kind of finish up the process, and then, um, you know, it makes it easier to run off uh, into the kettle. Okay. But, you know, there's times I, I just skip you know ramping up to and i just go right into the kettle and heat it up in there you could heat it up to you know 165 168 in the kettle and essentially do the same thing all those enzymes are being carried off in with the liquid and uh they're there to you know you'd have uh essentially the same thing all right and then again you don't think there was any uh, big change big issue in the three or so minutes it took me to drop from 155 to 149 no. a whole ton of the mash hadn't converted at that point no okay no 
I don't I don't think that's a problem at all. Okay. And it's not, you know, and if, and if anything, it should add a little more body to it. Yeah, instead of less. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not going to affect flavor. Um, and, you know, they gave the the mash temp range is 149 to 152. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're... You're perfectly fine. Okay. I don't think I don't think there's any any issues there. All right. Yeah, and in three minutes, especially, I mean, some of these malts will con- convert. You know, the moment they hit the water, but that's like ground to a powder, and you know, like a Congress mash in the lab. Mm-hmm. And it takes a few minutes for conversion to happen. I, I think you're perfectly fine. That that was not the issue. Okay. I mean, I th- yeah. The more we do this, the more I think, you know, starting gravity. Yeah, yeah. If you're sort of close. And uh, mashed up, ah, yeah, if you're around in that area, you know, I think there's, you know, the, these parts of the process are fairly forgiving and fairly flexible. You can still make a clone with with being off by a few points here or there. Hmm. Well, that's good. And in listening to him, I felt real comfortable because he gave some ranges that right. even they use at the brewery. Right. You know, he said, oh, you know, anywhere from uh, you finish 10.15 to 10.13, you know, mm-hmm. like he gave a little range there. Right. And so I thought, okay, this is my kind of brew. I can, <laughs> I've got some room. And mm-hmm. I still missed the range. No, but, I, I don't think he was, I don't think he was like blowing smoke or anything. I think he was like, yeah, you know, if, you know, that's within our tolerances. Yeah. And they, they make high quality beer. They're yeah. not making anything. This is not... This is a brewery, you know, turning out perfect beers. You know, they're not making anything shabby. Yeah. And if they're willing to, you know, apply a range to something, like, you know, that also tells us something. That's an excellent point. Okay. But the things I would change on this, I would uh, I would either find a domestic pale ale malt, something kilned a little darker than the standard domestic two-row, and use that for 100%, or maybe I'd get like some uh uh you know british pale ale malt like a crisp marisotta or something like that and use that for 50 percent of the malt i think that that's going to give you that background maltiness that is missing in yours and it's so evident in the mirror pond that we all like uh that character so i think that's a critical factor and i think um another thing is the dry hop sort of a quarter ounce or whatever minor fraction of of a gram it was. I mean, it was like, what, five grams or something ridiculous? Maybe seven, seven grams? Seven, yeah. yeah. Um, I would at least double that to, um, you know, 14 grams, you know, half an ounce. Maybe yeah, two I, quarters of an ounce. Yeah, so for my 12-gallon batch, is was what I did my recipe for, Yeah, it was half an ounce that I split between two cardboards. Right. So I'm throwing in a quarter ounce <laughs> in it's each. It's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's just gonna and it's gonna blow off with uh, any sort of outgassing. I would I would go with um, you know a minimum for a for five five gallons of wort or five gallons of beer, a six gallon batch down to five gallons of beer. I would go with a minimum of fourteen grams or a half ounce, and maybe consider you know three quarter of an ounce or or twenty one grams for something like that. I think that would because there's a, a distinct hop aroma to mirror pond it's subtle and it's gentle and it's balanced it's not over the top but it's 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 very apparent and it's not in yours and i think it's because we didn't have enough dry hop so i would make well, those they may changes. be getting more carryover from the late hop edition too just based on their process 
which we yeah aroma wise though um, and maybe they're using bigger bigger uh, bigger doses on those I mean we're just kind of guessing on those that's true you know I, I just threw out okay well you know ounce and ounce and ounce sounds good to me <laughs> and then they gave us numbers on the dry hop they said one pound per ten barrels that's a quarter ounce for a five gallon batch or six gallon batch yeah so that's why I would I would definitely double or triple that and I think with those changes, uh, you, you you get much closer. I think it's I think it's you know I don't think it's that far off. But now we have three count of three beers that need uh, a rebrew yeah. and uh, a rechallenge here. That's a full day of recording. So right, I think you know, and we'll do like one good show with all three of them. What do you think? Yeah, we'll do Firestone Walker Double Barrel Ale. <laughs> we'll do for the first time. <laughs> oh, you know, going with that, I don't have the recipe excuse. <laughs> it's not working for you. <laughs> I was relying on that fact, too. Yeah. Well, another one we don't have the recipe for, Aaron Bastard. Yeah, we don't know that one. Yeah. We're on the second shot on that. And then uh, the Smear Punt with these adjustments. I think I think we can we can knock those three out. Now, those are three beers that people really, uh, really like. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, three important shows. And, you know, the question I got, especially once we did the Aaron Bastard show, I get constant emails. People like, now you're going to do another Aryan Bastard show, right? You're you're going to clone <laughs> this thing, aren't you? Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't give yeah, up yeah, on any yeah. of these. Failure is not our goal here. It's yeah. it's not you know can you brew it and then give up? No, no. Or you know can you try and give up? It's you know can you brew it and we can and we will and so we will keep uh, putting out the effort and keep trying to clone these beers until we get them. We're not going to give up. We will get all of these. It's just a matter of of time. It will they, they will bow before our uh, our large uh, our large heads here in the in the British studios, and that's why the uh, you know, the headphones uh, don't fit. <laughs> right. Maybe I get the small head in the group. They, maybe that's it. Maybe everybody else doesn't have a large head. Maybe I've got a really small head. It could be maybe it. A pinhead. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> All right. I'm hearing anybody call you that one, but that's <laughs> yeah. Nobody dares call me that one. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. They call me the Dark Lord, but they ain't call me not, Pinhead. Not Pinhead. <laughs> Getting ass kicking. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else that uh, you guys are going to be doing in the near future? Brewing some beer. Drinking some beer. Going to be brewing some. Uh, yeah, Firestone Walker double barrel for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I'm some arrogant bastard for me, and uh, yeah. I see some more Mirror Pond in Justin's future. Yeah, that's the yeah. future. That's all right. I like brewing pale ale, so I'm happy to brew it yeah, again. Yeah, that's a well, great you got you got you know 12 gallons. Of you got really, really good nice beer, beer here, so yeah, yeah, you're in good shape. I'm stoked. So yeah, uh, they'll I'd be drain more those stoked. Pretty quickly. Be more stoked if it was a success, but uh, I'm stoked to drink it. Uh, I'd be stoked if you go and visit our sponsor, NorthernBrewer.com. Uh, check them out and uh, give them uh, your love uh, for supporting us and supporting the show. Check out the uh, Brew Network store. Lots of good things there as well. Shirts, books, etc. Until then, Bruce Strong.